0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Second half's about to get underway around the country. Not quite the case for St Johnston Aberdeen. Remember, there was a delay there. Uh, is that half time yet in that one, or is it still not? I think the first half uh, is still going there. Let me give you another result. Clydebank seven nil winners. Andy, the man sent off. Andy missed a penalty. What competition was this in? There's a friendly game. Friendly game against Ross. Hold on, you're, a, there must be a, a good friend, reason. A there must be a good reason he's given us results of Clydebank friendly. Because my grandsons ah, all you. went to the Bankies game today. Last weekend, my grandson was at Brighton Hove Albion versus Newcastle in the Amex Stadium in Brighton. And this week, Home Park Yoga. See what's better? Mm. They went last week and didn't see a goal. Yep. And this week, they've got seven. And a red card. And a missed penalty. Yeah, Scottish football there. In, in a nutshell, so, see, we're well done. up now. Well done, the paper hankies. Mm, the dead strips now. on. Yeah. Strips with the names in the back. Uh, no names on the back yet But uh, Only Person in Brighton With a Clyde Bankstrip uh, Well and more competitive Pressing issues We've not got many games In the uh, Many goals sorry In the top flight Fraser Wishart's got one at Tannadice And that's pretty much it Hoping for better in the second half Yeah certainly I'm sure the guys round about the, 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 uh, the games Will be desperate for goals Because That's what you turn up for The supporters About excitement See goals See your team winning So So far one goal uh, We're desperate for more But I'll tell you what The one goal has put a bit of pressure oh, yeah. On the home side at Tannadice And the manager Because he'll have to respond Because the fans will not be I mean the, the next game Celtic at Tannadice Next weekend It is now half time at McDermott Park Roger Hanna Yes and Johnson nil Aberdeen nil at the break here At McDermott Park Gordon a 15 minute delay To kick off after the supporter Took on well in the main stand But it was Aberdeen Once we did get underway Who started brightly With Vicente Bejoan Really at the centre of everything He fired in a great cross From the right hand side After just a couple of minutes Boyan Mieska just couldn't reach it craning his neck for it just couldn't quite get there then in 7 minutes Jaden Richardson made progress down the right it was his cross a spectacular scissors kick by Besserwan on the edge of the 6 yard box but it flew beyond Remy Matthews far post Aberdeen did have the ball in the net after 10 minutes Mijowski again this time with a header from Johnny Hayes at cross it flew past Matthews but the stand side linesman had his flag up for offside Aberdeen really pushing forward at this stage and former Dons defender Andy Constantine was booked by referee Craig Napier and after 18 minutes for a high foot on Pejouan just on the halfway line but St Johnson slowly got into the game Daniel Phillips making his first start for the club he'd an angled shot held by the Dons goalkeeper Kellerus after 26 minutes and then moments later Theo Bear should have had an effort on target but he took a fresh air swipe at Jamie Murphy's cut back from the left then 39 minutes the first real work for the Dons goalkeeper Roos a fine free kick from an unlikely angle wide on the right Graham Carey fizzing it in with his left foot it really stung the palms of the Don's goalkeeper as he got it away a couple of bookings for the host or a couple more bookings for the host I should say before the break skipper Melker Halberg got a yellow card for pulling back Richardson and then Phillips who's really been lively in the engine room for St Johnson in his first start he was also cautioned for a similar foul on Ross McCrory we could really do with some more action in front of goal Gordon St Johnson nil, Aberdeen nil. Well, let's hope for more action in front of goal in all those fixtures in the Premiership. As we mentioned, Fraser Wishart's the only goal uh, to get us excited about so far. So here's what you've got then. You've got two hours left. We're going to take you through all the big talking points as these games come to a conclusion. We'll hear more from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and Lee Johnston. We'll get the second half teaser. We'll see what else comes up. And the open line in one hour. Take this number down, 0141 
0141951025 Rangers fans Hibs fans we need we need to hear what you made of that game there was so much to get through uh, and we will open the phones very soon indeed surely we'll get a glut of goals in the second half well um, first of all you have your attention uh, attracted to Jack Ross and uh, what's going on at Tynedice. He needs to find two goals. That's a certainty. He needs to find two goals. He needs a win to get people off his back. Uh, Aberdeen, three wins in 15 games under Jim Goodwin. And the Aberdeen fans won't be happy if they come away from Perth with nothing to show for their day. Ross County, Kilmarnock, sounds a bit tetchy there. Two old pals, Malcolm Mackay and Derek McInnes. No goals, but of uh, feisty behaviour though on the park uh, so a lot to play for second half and Motherwell Livingston you know Stevie Hamill wants to have a winning start at home as Motherwell manager but Livy you never ever count them out yeah I think we'll get goals early in the second half I'm going to be very positive from now until 10 to 5 um, I think there's enough quality out there Be interesting, you're right Hugh To see how Dundee United react From going a goal down uh, The boos will still be ringing in their ears Walking off there at half time Ross County Kilmarnock, very tight affair up there Motherwell Livingston We're interested in that But uh, I agree with you, I think that You talk about Jack Ross Jim Goodwin's got to oh. start getting wins under his belt. Yeah, but they right. can't be under pressure at this time of the season. Well, no, you don't come under pressure, you come under criticism. There's a difference, Mark. I don't think they'll lose their jobs. Uh, but I think they need to start winning football games. You can't keep just saying, well, that's three wins in 16 as the Aberdeen manager. That's not acceptable. Stephen Glass didn't get that long up there. You know what like it is. Jack Ross has come in with a massive reputation. Um, and the last three, four games have certainly not been good enough. Dropped his new goalkeeper as well. Uh, so he's a bit of work to do. No, I'm not saying you lose your jobs, but you do come in for criticism. Yeah, well, obviously I agree with that. But Thank I think you. They, they, <laughs> I think the two guys in question are, are good managers who have compiled good squads, but the players really need to start you know, grabbing a bull by the horns and getting results for the managers. The clear the air meeting with Jack Ross and his players, I always find that quite weird, you know, just allowing the, the players to thrash it at themselves. Gives them an excuse, do you think so? Well, uh, what really comes to them? I mean, I've sat in them before as well, and I, I, I've been there and, and left meetings and gone, what, what was supposed to come? Ob- you got in well, training? It's, it's accountability. They, they are taking responsibility. They're not just leaving it to Jack Ross to take the flak and uh, they've gone together to see if anything can be done but in actual fact he's gone from bad to worse here's a goal scorer it's a bit early for the who am I right I'll give you the who am I in just a second Oxford nil Morecambe 1 Jensen Weir mm, how's he a goal scorer anyone David, David Weir's Weir. boy Davy Weir's boy yeah. ah, is he, is he, and he's a prolific is he no I don't, I'm just saying oh, he's, he's, he's a the goal, goal scorer, scorer today. sorry yeah. sorry yeah <laughs> He's just ruined the, the story there. Whisper no. it. And this will, this will not please Eddie on the phone last night. I think he's I think his allegiances are the other way. Down the road. Mm. I think he plays I think he, he played for Scotland I think he has played for both Scotland and England's youth teams. Uh-huh. Um, but last I checked it was a it was the England youth team, but there we go. Uh, Fulham two, Brentford two, Ivan Tony. He's not bad, is he? Yeah. He's good. A he's... name that always 
kind of, of stick up here because of the connections and I watched him um, run ragged against uh, run Manchester United how ragged ridiculous was that it was because we were on our way home from here weren't we yeah yeah and it was just incredible they're in some state the Reds never happened over the other side of the city when I was there you look at the league table number one Man City yeah. bottom Man United mm. yeah. dear me it managers being under pressure early if he takes a heavy one uh, against Liverpool, which is possible I think on Monday, he's under pressure. Okay, Hugh, it's that time of the afternoon. Are you ready? Okay. The second half teaser with the ScottishSun.co.uk/slash football for the best football news and opinion online. I have played alongside Ronaldinho. And Thomas Gravison have been managed by Alec McLeish. I've played for five top flight teams in four countries. I've played in Scotland and won several cups in England, but I was never capped for my own national team. Who am I? So I've played alongside Ronaldinho and Tommy Gravison. Been managed by Alec McLeish. Played for five top flight teams in four countries. Played in Scotland, won several cups in England, but was never capped for my national team. Who am I? At Clyde SSB. That's where you send the answer in. Get it over there. At Clyde SSB on Twitter. I don't know why the Vidi printer, if it's even called that, keeps doing this yeah. to us today. Mm. It's Fulham 2, Brentford 1. There is no Brentford second goal. Uh, Stenhouse Muir nil, Dumbarton 2. Martin McNiff. What did I tell you about the Dumbarton? They won that league now. When did you say that? that? No, by the way. Did uh, he? Yeah, he yeah, said it research. to me. Oh, this is because he watched one game against when he played Aberdeen. Aberdeen in the Yeah, in the I was in. Uh, the Aberdeen that day and I went along that just to support mm. teams or you've got one of the dodgy TVs no, you watch I a lot of football don't you I do, a lot, I do, a lot I of subscriptions he's got Last week, it's King funny for a man who doesn't like to part with his cash, he manages to see exactly. a lot of football games. What, subscription? what? what other subscriptions Dr- have you Dr- got? In that? Dragged myself out of bed to go to uh, Tynecastle last week to watch a Hearts Dundee United game. <laughs> Brilliant. Getting home is a nightmare. The traffic's terrible. Uh, but Dumbarton are your team to win that league, let me tell you. Ooh. Oh, goal. Goal flashes. With Clyde Built Home Improvements It's a second of the afternoon for St Mirren And a second of the afternoon for Curtis Main 51 minutes on the clock Dundee United nil, St Mirren 2 How much pain is producer Callum going to be in? His team can't buy a win They can't score a goal They're 2-0 down at home to Dundee United uh, To St Mirren And he is in Reykjavik running a marathon Well a half He's only done a half how do you know? Oh, do you know what? I, is it half a marathon? He's I, only I, completed I, a half. I thought that was a secret. I, I oh, was just giving him. No, maybe it was not. Well, he's, he's posted it. Hold on. He went to run a marathon <laughs> and run half. He wasn't well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were harsh. <laughs> no way. Good to see you've got his back. Oh, <laughs> no way. What, what, what an embarrassment to the show. He'll be watching that game. Oh, <laughs> one embarrassment to the show. All the way over there with your new Nike trainers on. The shorts up his backside, the big lanky run that he's got in the hair, <laughs> flipping in the wind. Oh, by the way, boys, I I'll just give this up after 13. <laughs> I've, I've seen enough. <laughs> it must have been bad, though, right? I, I would... I would hate that But he's a, he's a seasoned Marathon runner He's run a lot of marathons So something must have gone Yeah Awry so, so I think you couldn't even make it To the end of the corridor Running but down last week Because you were well There is a connection here though From Amsterdam I know 
to after the show exactly. Been off for a couple of days exactly. And then he couldn't complete the marathon the day I Something's got, happened to him But, but it's all right Something's happened to him in Amsterdam That's made have, him unwell yeah. I, I, would, I would get him to the doctors Just for a checkup. By the way Seriously right You're out there with your Number on probably 427 Callum for Scotland on away he goes 13 mile mark you chuck it that and hey you troop yourself no, up <laughs> what's better in the jacket there walk 13 miles <laughs> no I don't know See, that's the thing we need, to find, we need to find out a bit more I don't know if he just then decided that he wasn't well over the weekend and entered the half marathon ah. or if he gave up halfway through I don't I get the feeling it was maybe the first one of those options do you what? know what I mean are you certainly giving up <laughs> You, I'm not giving a benefit listen. of doubt He's not went half marathon You don't go over to Iceland no, I think To it, say I'll run 13 have, miles Because he's been there for a couple of days Feeling under the weather I ah, think that might have been the case You can't Amsterdam feel Amsterdam any is more, catching up with him You can't mm. feel any more under the weather Than Jack Ross currently Very does uh, So You know I, I understand that he won't be under pressure But Gordon was quite right We said yeah but He now Attracting criticism You can't lose 13 goals and counting in three matches and be possibly bottom of the league by tonight uh, and not attract criticism. I think Morris for Shields, effort for Cornelius is the double change for Motherwell. Kevin Van Veen has hit the side netting after a good run down the right and Roger Hanna has got the teaser. Mm. Ach, that's no surprise. I was going to say about United, Hugh, that I think losing to Alkmaar mm. heavily... As unacceptable as it was expected, going away to Tynecastle expected to see their side of that at home to Livy, and especially this one that yeah. the fans are thinking, what is going on here? And it gets increasingly more difficult for him coming out after games. Yeah, He's run out of things to say. That's what we, I think we alluded to that during the week. The easier the fixture, uh-huh. the perceived easier fixture, that just brings its own pressure. You know, yeah. again. It wouldn't be ideal, but if he was at Ibrox or Celtic Park today, again, you can't really be too critical. But no. after a bad run, home to St Mirren, right, go win the game and, and bounce back, and it doesn't look that way. Well, as I say, next up, Celtic. Uh, I think Celtic Park tomorrow will be a real occasion. Following on from Rangers' draw today, the Celtic fans will want to see their team go two points clear at the top. But it's Hearts they're playing, not just any old team. Uh, so that will add to it, add to the sense of occasion tomorrow. And then when Celtic go to Tannadice, there's a chance for Jack Ross under highly unlikely circumstances. Where Dundee United beat Celtic, then it takes the heat off him. But if Celtic go there and play as they did at Kilmarnock last Sunday and run up another four or five, well, we're starting to get into pressure country then. And it's nearly three. Oh. Oh 3-1 Nil On the game that we're talking right, about okay. Yeah <laughs> thanks, <laughs> for, <laughs> thanks for joining us I thought you were still uh, talking about Callum I'm Good just... save from Ericsson uh, Well, well it, it does sound to be one way traffic The crowd will be incensed uh, And they won't be slow in letting the players and the manager know all about it So <laughs> wonder that, if there's a big crowd there today Because they're, they're attractive yeah, right, fans support, yeah, yeah. They're, they're bringing I keep going back to that night against Altmar uh, At Tannadice And what a terrific occasion Terrific TV it made A real feel good story Everyone was talking about Dundee United And in the space of two weeks 
it's collapsed. And yet, they, they, they played very well that night. Yeah. Too. I've got to say, I watched uh, the second half and they played very well indeed. And you're thinking, right, okay, they'll kick on from that. Oh. I didn't fancy them um, in the return leg, I've got to be honest. I thought that team looked a decent outfit. But to lose to Livingston, then to get absolutely hammered over there, and then you go to Tyne Castle, you ship another four. Today you're looking for a bounce back. Yeah. And it's certainly not going to plan. I don't know what the team meeting was said. Uh, probably if we lose on Saturday, we'll have an R1 on Monday, uh, and we'll see if that works. But uh, you're talking about their next game, Celtic. Celtic play Hearts tomorrow. Celtic... Celtic will win that game very comfortable tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I've no doubt The that. boos are ringing out at Tannadice. Uh-huh. The second half's just started at St Johnston Aberdeen. By the way, what, what mentioned for Stevie Robertson? Just a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting about him saying, under pressure, bad start to the season. Mm-hmm. Then Richard Tate scores an absolute world day last, last week, and they're two up at Tannadice. What a result. Cove Rangers nil, air one. Ben Dempsey's 59th minute penalty Elgin 2, Stranraer 2 Craig Malcolm with the equaliser for Stranraer So no problems down the leagues No problems in Paisley Why do I keep saying Paisley? In Dundee uh, either But everywhere else really Motherwell, Livy, Ross County, Kilmarnock St Johnston, Aberdeen all goalless Finished 2 all at Easter Road Between Hibs and Rangers earlier uh, Will we hear a bit more from Those managers? Yeah. This was... Giovanni Van Bronckhorst on the penalty Ranger got well I mean as I saw you know that the ball went back to the goalie I think uh, Antonio wants to press him and I think I don't know if I've seen it but it looks like he held him with his hand so it's a foul in the penalties uh, box I, wa- I wasn't sure about the, the rules because you know I think it's a different when it's like a clear scoring chance or not so that was the argument with the linesman and the fourth official so you know, once they decided it wasn't a clear opportunity and it was yellow, so for me that was over. Is there a debate whether it should have been yellow or red card? Well, clearly Giovanni Van Ronckhurst has, uh, has heard people say it, it could have been a red. Uh, I don't think it was, but Giovanni Van Bronckhurst thinks it was a penalty as well. Of course it does, because the Rangers manager. But for me, it, the explanation is twofold. The ball from Porteous is sent back to the goalkeeper Cholak moves in that direction and whatever you say about soft this that mm-hmm. the other Bashiri tries to impede his progress that for me means it's a penalty what I've learned is there's, there is a good debate right I know mm. people don't want to hear that they're all convinced about their own take on it that's a decent debate about whether or not it was a penalty because as Hughes outlined that case there, there is contact there there's a kind of pull back the other side is there enough does every contact mean it has to be a penalty so that's, that's a good debate is there really one about it being a red card I mean because it has to be a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity he's not getting there how, how, yeah I'm struggling to sort of even hear what that side of the argument would be how would you make that out to be a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity in the same way that you would say that Morelos didn't deserve to be sent off you, you're being blinded by bias uh, it clearly wasn't a goal scoring opportunity because the, the pass Mark thinks it's a foolish pass that Porte has made that's not really the argument that, so, I mean, the that, point would be if Cholak was on the ball and was running towards goal yeah. and Bashiri pulls him back then it that, that, that been I think red. people get confused nowadays with the rules is that much surrounding the rules people still think the last man remember the times it was the last man made a foul it was a red card but it's moved on since then it was never a red mm. card 
A bit more from the Rangers manager Tom Lawrence took that knock, didn't he? I mean, he scored. Uh, <coughs> will he be fit for midweek? Yeah, it was a good move. You know, good attack, great cross. You know, great goal. He was caught in a, in a bad tackle and twisted his ankle a little bit. So, just took him off, and we have to see what if he's fit for for Wednesday. Non-committal, I don't think. Um, we'll find out maybe in the couple of days coming. You I don't really was a good goal that that, from Rangers. Yeah, you don't really assess that until tomorrow to see how the injury reacts over the next twenty-four hours. But going back to the goal, I thought it was. You know, they got down the left-hand side with Ken. It was a 2v1, and Barisic has made a great overlap. But the quality of the ball is top class. Yeah. Top class. As a, as a midfield player and a striker, you're running into that position. All you're asking for is a decent delivery. He certainly gave Lawrence a decent delivery. It was a great, great header. All he has to do is make sure that's in target. That's beating the goalkeeper. He's a big player for Rangers. I think they'll be desperate to get him fit for Wednesday night. You've all been here before. The... Conversation is going to be about Willie Collum And whether or not he cost Rangers the three points And everything else will get lost in the noise uh-huh. So for just one brief moment What did you make of Rangers' performance today? Not good enough uh, they, they got the penalty And that, that papered over the cracks With the, regard to the first half They did nothing of a threatening nature in the first half Got the penalty Tavernier scored uh, the second goal from Tom Lawrence is a beauty it's a terrific cross it's a marvellous header from Lawrence and that was the end of the story for Rangers uh, I don't think they played well enough uh, I said that during the game that if they played like that in Eindhoven there'll be no Champions League for them uh, and I think that Morelos his sending off is even worse because players who were under the cosh playing with 10 men against Hibs 11 the last thing they needed was a player like Morelos to get a red card that was undeniable. And the, the, the kind of afternoon, both in terms of their performance and in terms of what was taken out of them, uh, you know, uh, Giovanni Van Brockers said it cost us a lot of energy. So the whole day, you know, Ryan Jack was cramping up before the end. Uh, the whole day has been a bit more arduous than I think. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst would have expected Joe Efforts had a shot deflected wide from Motherwell what about you two what did you make of Rangers uh, performance before we inevitably just get bogged down in all the refereeing right, stuff uh, all, the, all the talking points will be the referee the sending offs the penalty kicks um, take that aside I didn't think Rangers were at it today I look at Matondo come in quiet Cholak for instance okay you need the service you need the balls in the box didn't really link up the play um, I just thought Rangers I didn't think they played at a, a, a quick enough pace for me Penalty Motherwell It was uh, David Friel had just got in touch to say Motherwell were definitely on top uh, And then that penalty has been given So Kevin Van Veen's already scored one from the spot Away to St Mirren um, It was a deep corner to the back post Ricky Lamy headed it back across So you'd have to assume it's one of these handballs uh, you know, with the the arms go up, sort of thing, as the ball comes back across. So, uh, Livy are absolutely raging. Cannot wait to hear Marvin Bartley's take on that on Monday night. We've brought him forward this week, I think. Uh, Kevin Van Veen to take. He might not care too much if it doesn't go in the back of the net. Um, let's see what the Dutchman can produce from 12 yards out. Uh, it's probably a bit of a delay as the protests go on. Centre forwards don't miss penalties, Gordon. Why have you just done that? Do not do that to me. 
She Adams has scored for Southampton. There you go. Ring the buzzer. Uh, <laughs> We're ready. Against to go. Leicester, Scotland International. Goal flashes with Clyde Built Home Improvements. Makes no mistake, his second penalty of the season, his third goal of the Premiership season, Kevin Van Veen, and he puts Motherwell one up at home to Livy. Amazing start for Stephen Hamill. Um, I mean. Uh, a brave decision for the Motherwell board to let Graham Alexander go and to give a rookie manager a shot but he's certainly getting the results at the minute if that stays that way the goal level on points with Celtic they're almost yeah. an inspiration for Jack Ross because that's how quickly fortunes can change two defeats to Sligo Rovers home and away not a goal score against a team from the League of Ireland manager Bind uh, and then the great debate and they give the job to someone who's never managed before and all looking good right now I think I think we'll be talking about this every week Hugh I think that uh, we'll pick on Jack Ross just now Dundee oh. United I think Aberdeen will go through the spell I think Hibs will go through it I think Mother I just think that below the probably call them the top three Celtic Rangers Hearts Rangers Celtic Hearts Hearts Celtic Rangers whatever you want to call it I just think <laughs> just in case anybody gets offended Gordon you know what like people are out there I want to just keep in everybody's good side um, the clubs are capable of a run you look at Ross County last year for instance went in a terrific run top six you know Livingston are always in there about it they could beat the day they could beat next week and then all of a sudden put two or three I just think that will be the pattern throughout the season well, you'll be well, happy because... With the silence here, you, I don't think he's going to agree. No, no, I mean, you argued, did you not argue against Stevie Hamill getting a job? Thought no, it was, I wasn't it the right choice? Uh, but no, he's, he's leading me to joint top. I didn't say uh, it wasn't the right choice. You said you were, well, surprised. I was surprised. I that, said that I was surprised. you thought it was the wrong choice. No, I didn't. Don't put you words in my you were surprised? I was surprised because I thought they'd have went with a bit of experience. Latest goal in Scotland is Sterling Albion's equaliser against Annan. Adam Cummings with the goal. I take that back. Evan, Ewan O'Reilly's just scored for Stenhouse Muir to make it Stenhouse Muir 1 Dumbarton 2. Uh, now, this is not the only big football match coming up or round the corner. I'm pleased to say I'm joined on the phone by a man who's been on this show before. He's Kieran Burns, and he's one of Scotland's power chair football players. You may remember Kieran uh, came on and gave us a real passionate. Um, Explanation of his sport and why he loves it so much. How's it going, Kieran? Hi, Gordon. How's it going again? Um, everything's good. We had a long day travelling today. I've just got into Geneva, the hotel we've been driving all the way from Glasgow to get here. So it's been a long few days. Wow, Glasgow to Geneva. And the reason, Kieran, that we've got you on just quickly, not to interrupt Kieran too much, Aberdeen have taken the lead. At McDermott Park, so it's one 0 to Aberdeen. Uh, Kieran and his teammates are in Geneva, as he says, uh, for the EPFA Nations Cup. That's right, isn't it, Kieran? The equivalent, really, um, of, of trying to qualify for the European Championship. Yep. Exactly that. It's an eight-team tournament that has Scotland, Belgium, Italy, Switzerland, Spain, Germany, and Austria. So the top three teams qualify for the Euros, and we we don't want to just qualify. We want to go there and win it. I'll bet, I'll bet you do that is the, That's the spirit I like that How's the training been going? How's the preparation? The training has been very intense The last eight, nine weeks I've been training every day And for hours in the hall myself With my brother And um, just working on technique But also 
going to the gym twice a day, every day, and eating right, and making sure I'm in the best condition I could be in, because the hole we're playing in is notoriously known for being very hot, with no air conditioning, so I've been putting a lot of effort in to be physically and mentally ready for this, and I can tell you the training sessions have been of a very high standard. We we are very focused on making sure that we can go there and create history for Scotland and, and do the country proud. Oh, brilliant. I was going to say, what you talk about making history, what does this mean to you and your teammates, Kieran, to have this opportunity to represent your country in this way? Well, God, it really, it's hard to put in words what it means. I mean, I've been playing the sport for over 10 years, and I'm, I was at the very first session we had all those years ago when it was very little equipment and very little people that knew the sport and one of the things that's really been on my mind that I'd like to share here is you know throughout my time in the sport we have lost a lot of people lost a lot of players and one of the things that people don't really know about very much is the fact that there's a lot of our players that have life limiting conditions and um, you know I've lost a lot of friends and been at probably one too many funerals for my liking over the past 10 years and I think that for us it's not just about creating own history and creating new history, but remembering those that we've lost on the way here and how much the impact of this sport has had on every one of us. When we go and play for Scotland, we're not just play, we're not just doing it for us, we're doing it for everyone that's missed out and not being able to have the chance of a fair life to, to be here now and be competing with us and I'm sure they'll be watching over us during the tournament. Absolutely. Well said. What well, take us through you talk about, you know, the the impact the sport's made to your life, Kieran. Like it's a bit of that cliche, isn't it? You know, all the loads of young boys and girls dream of playing for Scotland when they they grow up, and now you've got the chance to do that. What's that journey been like? And, and you know, growing up and trying to get to this point, it's been absolutely crazy, God. And I can't even really, like I say, put it into words because there's nothing that could do it justice. But what I can say is that you know I've seen the difference they can make to people's lives on and off the pitch and. What it done for me is allowed me to realise that being in the wheelchair wasn't such a bad thing and that there was a great community there. But also, you know, over the last sort of year or so, I've really taken it as my as a personal responsibility to get the sport out there and keep the sport alive. And and one of the things that happened for me is, you know, about eight months ago, before I came on your show the first time, I was in hospital with pneumonia and wasn't doing so well. And I remember feeling quite low mentally and not in a good place and the thing that made me want to fight for that was to fight and come out and keep this sport alive and keep the memory of these people that aren't with us anymore alive and for me, you know, looking at what it can do, it's the fastest growing sport in the UK. I've been in discussions with a lot of the big clubs and, you know, we work just as hard. I've trained like a guy in a fight camp for this for the last eight, nine weeks, you know, really putting my body through a lot of physical pain to make sure that I was mentally ready for this and I think that you know we are what we experience when we go on that pitch is the fact that you know all our lives nobody ever thought we could play football never mind play football for Scotland so now we we really take it like when you, when you talk about people talk about football and they talk about passion and how much people care about sport for us it's like it's everything it's our lives we never thought this was going to be possible and when we go in that pitch for Scotland, we're going to leave everything out there and make sure that we give everything we can to the country. So everybody's really excited for it and I'm sure we'll do really well. We wish them all well, don't we, Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, yes. Gordon Dale. Yeah. Good luck. 
Yes, brilliant. And um, they'll certainly go and win it. I love that point. I think so. You like Kieran's yes. mental go attitude. To, yeah, and I like to it. drive all the way to Geneva. Oh. So when, when when's the games, Kieran? Well, the game kicks off Monday. At, the tournament kicks off Monday at five o'clock UK time, and we we are actually opening the tournament against the host Switzerland. So it will be streamed on the EPFA YouTube channel. So you fancy seeing me score a couple of goals? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's confidence. Brilliant, Kieran. You're a good man. You're an inspiration. Well done. We're all proud of the efforts of you and the guys going over there. So hopefully uh, you get some victories to match that as well. We'll keep a wee eye out on those results. That was Kieran Burns all the way from Geneva, where Scotland's power chair football team are hoping to qualify for the European Championship, the EPFA Nations Cup, it's called. That would be the equivalent. And uh, the top three out of this tournament qualify for that so we wish them well yeah good luck Kieran love his enthusiasm eh? yeah yeah brilliant I mean see when he says such a great ambassador been training so hard for it I mean you've got to take your heart off to that very difficult to do brilliant we wish everyone well we'll keep an eye on those results in the coming days in the 3 o'clock games today Annan Athletic 1 Stirling Albion 2 so the turnaround complete there down in Annan Danny Denham on 76 minutes no goals Additionally, the one we didn't get the chance to react to when Kieran was on the phone uh, is 1-0 Aberdeen. It was a foul on Johnny Hayes and Leighton Clarkson dispatched the free kick. He's clearly got yeah. a bit of technique in there. Yeah. We saw the goal he scored when he came on for his debut. Yeah, sensational. Up here from Liverpool uh, and really making a good job of that lone move. Uh, Jim Goodwin must be very happy to have him. Uh, Jim Goodwin, after the defeat from Motherwell at home last weekend, needed a pick-me-up, and he's some way towards getting it, but it's not over yet. Another one we'll need to ask Marvin Bartley uh, about. I'm keen to get his thoughts on this when he comes on. Uh, Livy made a substitution on the 65th minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was Dylan Bambula came on. He's just been sent off. (laughs) After 10 minutes? 12 on. minutes. 12 minutes. It's two bookings in 12 minutes and he's gone. Oh, Marv will not uh, be happy no. with that. Marv's really. probably said, look, go out there, make an impact. Boom. Hey, get us back in the game, <laughs> son. <laughs> you go. Marv, show, show us what you've got. Marv never strikes me as a great lover of referees. Uh, Understatement. So uh, I should be listening on Monday night to see what he made of it all. And But I think I already know in advance. Well, he's a big Hibs man as well, of course, so he'll have a keen eye on on events earlier on so we'll get his take on those which means the only game in the top flight without a goal is Ross County Kilmarnock he's all, at least, at least he's had his wimpy he, he would have fell asleep yeah. Tommy oh, Fool yeah. Tommy he's Fool a wimpy feeling a bit <laughs> sleepy there's <laughs> <laughs> probably two each other we've not heard that from I'll nod off I've had the bar. remember <laughs> the other night on Beat the Pundit the guy phoned in from the bath Yes. Yeah. Was that uh, when you two were yeah, on? Yeah, I beat him. Uh, oh, okay. I had uh, to get yeah, that one in there, didn't I? Yeah, uh, yeah he, he f- f- phoned in from the bath. Um, he's been tweeting. He's tweeted me today. For the bath. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, hopefully he's learned his lesson. Uh, where is he? Oh, I've lost the tweet now. But basically to say that his mates are now. Oh, Gordon, there we are. It's Graham from Bayliston. My friends on their phones have now changed my name to Bathman. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, Bayless and Manny Woods, that's where I'm from as well. Come back on. Our both one mm, Queen's Park too. Yeah. No, no, no. 
I love the commitment though to these types of things. I also wanted to mention a message I received from Brian Robertson on Thursday night, right? Uh, and he he tweeted in to say he sent me a, a, a DM on Twitter to say that Rangers' last signing from Dundee United was John Daly, not Stephen Thompson. Because remember that was the, yeah. the full time uh-huh. teaser. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, "Yep, great shout. Happy with that. Hands up." And Brian said that he went and made himself a Twitter account specifically to send that message. He says, I just could not have DL thinking that he was on a roll. <laughs> That's right, but so I, the guy was, did I not was my answer. Was it daily? Yeah, I, I take it was it my was answer. Was it? You're part of the team. Yeah. So uh. Brian did not even have a Twitter account and he thought... I need to put this lot right And he's gone off Signed up for Twitter yeah. Logged in And sent his first ever message To put you two in your well, place Well let's follow him And get as, his as followers he, up to four I take it he is correct Is he? John Daly was it? John Daly Did John Daly go elsewhere Before Rangers? No I think he I, I didn't think even bother right. looking Because I just assumed Brian sounds like a knowledgeable fella Unlike that's, you two That's the influence we have We annoy people that much That they're willing to Begin a social now media Now I think about it, it It could be John Daly I think I'll set up a Twitter account <laughs> myself yeah, Who did right. we say? Stephen Thompson? Stephen Thompson, aye. <clears throat> the new Gary Lineker. Of course. Scotland's Gary Lineker. Uh, where are we on the scores? Not a great deal from Scotland at the moment, so we'll leave that there. Let's check in the full time teaser, Hugh. Uh, the, mm-hmm. no, the second half teaser, my apologies. I have played alongside Ronaldinho and Thomas Gravison, have been managed by Alex McLeish. I've played for five top flight teams in four countries. I've played in Scotland and won several cups in England, but was never capped for my national team. Who am I? FM Dafty's maybe forgotten that last clue because he's gone Van Bronckhorst. No. He's got loads of Dutch caps. Um, Inyaki says Nir Beton. No. Uh, Rick says Lee Sharp. No. Um, Gordy says, is it Yuri Yarisik? No. Okay, keep your guesses coming in at Clyde SB. Yuri Yarisik, I have sent to you about him the other night. Remember when we were chatting about we got into the subject about a player now being named in the squad, but oh, I picked up his yeah. <laughs> so I said same off here. I said that you ever come across that? What and come across what that a player getting stripped and find that the one in the squad? Oh, so yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I've, I've been in the dressing room. So you put the strip on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sick. He, he comes in and your strips. Everybody strips obviously in the locker. You know, in preparation, the kit man doesn't know who the manager is going to pick. And yet he comes in and he gets the shorts on, the socks on, the warm-up top oh, on, he no, sits no, with the boots no. and everything on. We're thinking, he's went a bit early here. He has went early. Everyone's sitting there trying to... So did to you sit. think he might not be in the squad? I was thinking that I hope he's not in the squad because mm. this is going to be funny and sure enough. <laughs> comes in, yeah. names the team, <laughs> warm-up gear off, shorts half, tracks it back on. I've, I've, I've only had the, oh, we were I've only had the, bla- the blazer and the peg one. That's it. Where you put your blazer next to your number, <laughs> and it's not your number. And and, five yeah, minutes and later, you, you went from eight to twelve, and somebody takes your blazer and throws it over and goes there. Your number. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had I've had that one once. We've had a few sen- few red cards in the top flight today. Two for Rangers. Livy have gone down to ten men. So have Ross County and Ross Callahan. Who Derek McInnes felt should have had a straight red earlier in the game. Oh. He's now got his second yellow, and off he goes. So maybe. 10 minutes for Kilmarnock to try and make that numerical advantage count Well, sounds a bit feisty in, in Highlands uh, Both could do with a result Both, at this stage, might think I'd take a point 
You're not going up there as a fan for a nil-nil queue for Kilmarnock, surely? No, no, no. That's a long Ooh. journey. That'll be the longest journey in the top flight, I assume. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have to say so. Unless my, uh, I don't know why I'm taking geography advice from yeah, you right enough. I'll but... give you the mileage. Uh, go on then. Uh, I would say it's over 200 anyway. 276. Okay, it That's is. a decent guess. Nah, 207. Ah, but it depends where we go. <laughs> yeah, well, if you keep driving <laughs> until you reach <laughs> 7 mile detour, you, yeah, you, you might right stop off somewhere. Uh, Everton nil, Nottingham Forest 1. Brennan Johnson on 81 minutes. Famous dad. Uh, He's got a famous dad, that lad. Boris? No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't remember his name. He played, he played up front. He's a great goal scorer. Johnson. Andy? No, uh, he goes to the gate. Oh my, I wish I had said this now. He's he can't got be fam- that famous. He has got a famous dad, centre forward, scored bags of goals. David. David Johnston, there you go. Is it David? He's not that yeah. famous. Yes. I've never heard him. He, he was a top player. Liverpool. No. Nah, he can't be that famous, no. money. He's not. <laughs> like David Johnston. He's got 148 Nottingham Forest appearances. PMC, there you go. But other than that, isn't that well known to be fair a lot of goals Gordon he's not famous he is famous that, and you don't know <laughs> you don't know his name after saying he's got <laughs> a famous George. dad he's not famous <laughs> four caps for Jamaica there you go he's, he's, an, interna- he's an international <laughs> famous I tell you what you've went one of your honeymoons to Jamaica Herbert thought this guy has a ticket good to see the Scottish strikers doing the business Shea Adams has got his second against the Brendan Rodgers Leicester Southampton 2-1 up the reason I put such emphasis on Nottingham Forest before we get distracted with Jamaican internationals what about the signing that Nottingham Forest made during the week ridiculous you know that every now and then one comes along and there have been loads of examples over the years but one transfer just comes along and you think no stop it the the money it's just gone too far Morgan Gibbs White Uh who I hear you say with no offence if he's listening 44 million Pounds yeah. from Wolves to Nottingham Forest. I think it. I think it's something like twenty-seven million or something up front. But then we add-ons. I could account to that. Like today's market. I, <laughs> I don't think you'd be playing in today's. Oh, couldn't buy me. No, it's it's amazing how the the prices in England are just scarily I'd out have of touch with private, the rest of the world. I'd own my own private jet parked right next to the Civic Centre waiting to take me anywhere. I, you would play for one year, I reckon. I wouldn't, even, it, I wouldn't even play for a year. <laughs> I, I would get to the winter months, fake an injury, and sit back and relax and take everybody <laughs> what up. What was the injury you faked? Or do you not hit yourself with a hammer? <laughs> oh, I'm, a toe, I'm a big toe. I had to try and break my toe just to get out training. <laughs> I, I What's the story again? <laughs> I, heard it, I, was, I was, we were, I, I couldn't do the training at Ibrooks when I went. Was it not weights or something? Yeah, no, you're scared I, to yeah and running in the gym and all that. And I couldn't lift the weights, gone. So I always thought, right, how do I get out? I'll kid on, I'm injured. So I went home at night, got the hammer out, got the big toe out, and I'm trying to get it blasting. No yeah, until you went in the next day and the manager said you don't use, you don't need your toe <laughs> to lie on your back and lift these weights. No, so. but, but but it was a Tuesday afternoon and what you done was weight session, run session. I just could not. I was too. I, I was you were too a light. 
I was too late. No, I'm a sprinter, Gordon. There's a difference between a sprinter. Alan Wells wasn't a runner. He was a sprinter. So you've got to get these facts right. I thought you had a bit of distance in you as well, no? Well, I was okay, but I was more of a... Over the five yards, I was I was lightning quick. Ross County down to ten men. Would Kilmarnock take the numerical advantage? Goal flashes with Clyde Built Home Improvements. And it's the ten men of Ross oh, County that have found a way. It's Owura from close range. He's had a bright start to his career at Ross County. A crowded penalty box, and he finds the finish down to ten men. But Ross County, who've got no points on the board up until this point have taken the lead with four minutes to go. Obura has done me a real favour because I took Ross County to beat Kilmarnock and mm. I've got every other one wrong. <laughs> so Obura has possibly prevented me. As it stands, Hugh, Kilmarnock yep. bought my league. As it stands. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't find, I know you guys, some of, you, some of the pundits in here, I don't know who, top six and all that nonsense, I don't even know how they come up with that. Uh, I thought Kilmarnock would struggle this season I really did Kilmarnock bottom And Dundee United now second bottom As a consequence of that goal Well we're not at August yet I, I think I'll oh, still <laughs> turn it around <laughs> Third avoidance of doubt It was me who thought Kelly would have an alright season and I, think, I think a lot of people thought that And I think it was all down to the experience of the manager But I, they were on our team. I I done a little bit of homework in the, the, the close season. I'll tell you what, he has been doing his homework. Right, Roger Hannah's just sent me a message. Did you now know David Johnson, father of Brennan Johnson? Uh, Scotland actually approached him to try and see if he, he was Scottish. Any Scottish? That's really? yeah, yeah. The one told me wear a kilt. Craig Brown. <laughs> Craig, Craig, was Craig, Craig Brown. Brown. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Craig good... Brown era. Right, the year so, two thousand. I see right. dad member. I thought you're talking 70s or 80s and that's well, see, why that, I didn't know This is the problem We're now old, old enough that 46 year olds 46 year olds have sons that are scoring in the English Premier League yeah. It's just, it's just weird we're at I never heard him then He's famous <laughs> Guy stop saying he's famous <laughs> He's not famous <laughs> He's nearly Scotland international But he decided to go See, has a good bit of knowledge Steven for Roger Jamaica. Roger knows his thing You hear Google. a snapshot of things and and piece it all together and it often comes out I'm giving you information that you should be gathering for your days later on <laughs> Dumbarton <laughs> have probably wrapped it up you'd have to say Stenhouse Muir 1 Dumbarton 3 Finlay Grey were into time added on which means Hugh we sh- probably should do this okay. The Second Half Teaser With the scottishsun.co.uk slash football For the best football news and opinion online I have played alongside Ronaldinho and Thomas Gravison, been managed by Alec McLeish, played for five top flight teams in four countries, played in Scotland and won several cups in England, but never capped for my national team. I am Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta. You know that if, that if you've done all that and you've not been capped, you know it's only one of a couple mm. of nations that you could possibly come from. Because mm. he was he was what a player, but yeah. if you've got Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets and all the rest It's going to be tough to get in the team So with that in mind Adam Dow was in third place Well done to you Adam Second place was Shop Smart Shop Smart (laughs) And first place was John Mitchell Well done John You are the winner of the second half teaser And we'll do the same again on next Saturday's show What we've done now Is left some time for late drama 
Killy, St Johnston, Livy They all could snatch equalisers They all could rescue a point It looks like it's beyond Dundee United Hugh, are we getting anything? I don't think so I think we're done for the day uh, And obviously the, the story of the day is Hibs and Rangers I mean, several stories wrapped up in one package But after that You're talking about this disastrous run That Dundee United Have gone on 13 goals conceded in 3 games uh, and well done St Mirren That's a terrific away win for them Aberdeen They'll be happy that Leighton Clarkson Got the only goal of the game for them And Malky Mackay Delighted to be off the bottom Derek McInnes Not so happy about being the one To replace well, him he's at got, the bottom He's got four minutes To get something Derek McInnes Four minutes added on Well I mean they've taken a 5 nothing Pounding from Celtic last weekend now they've gone to the Highlands to play the team bottom of the league they haven't scored there either and against 10 men so it's a depressing uh, sequence of results for Derek McInnes oh I cannot believe that's happened look at that scoreline is that East Fife and Forfa guess what mm. the score is 1-0 it is 1-0 <laughs> I forgot you can see the TV mm. <laughs> I thought I was going to reel you in with the 5-4 and uh, speaking of really in, who scored for his fight? Troughton. Alan Troughton. There we go. We're here all week. Mm. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic, that absolute goal machine who couldn't get the better of Declan Gallagher, has scored for Fulham, obviously, because he always does. And it looks like they'll beat Brentford 3 2. Uh, big result for Falkirk. Mm. They're needed to get up and running, not up and running, but certainly fans looking for a more positive season this time around. Uh, Ramarn Burrell on 90 minutes makes it FC Edinburgh nil, Falkirk 3. Yep, needed that After last week They were They were pretty good Turned it round And that's more like Falkirk uh, FC Edinburgh Went off the rails Since they've changed their name By the way They were a good out, good outfit But having a poor season What would you change your name to? If you pick one other Name to replace Gordon What would it be? Uh, <laughs> that's I mean, that's Ar- a full show right there Arminio I'll go Arminio Ar- <laughs> That's not even a name Arminio or Gardino I think Nah, I'm, come on, seriously um, I'm probably I'm, I'm more of a Sort of a I'm not a Derek or anything like that I'm Bruce not, No You look uh, a bit of a Bruce A wee bit of, yeah Alexander um, Maybe something round there Alexander No, I think Bruce I like that I You like that Bruce? Oh, oh my <laughs> Goal flashes with Clyde Built Home Improvements. Dundee United nil, St Mirren 3. Alex Grieve in the 91st minute, Hugh. Yeah, it's pressure time now. You cannot be losing 3 0 at home with the greatest respect to a team who will be bottom six all season long. It has gone horribly wrong. It's now, what, 14 goals in three games. He dropped the goalkeeper today, Jack Ross, but he's 3 0 down. There will be bedlam at Tannadice Yeah, Dundee United fans Producer Callum Phonus Let us know what you're thinking That's a disastrous run um, Some suggestions coming in David Friel thinks Barry Would be a good alternative name for you Barry Yeah, Dale. yeah you see that? J- John McStay just texted me And said after three May call yourself Richard um, <laughs> But I've just received a, a text From a producer Callum in Iceland He's asking for an Uber number To get back 13 miles Bounce <laughs> 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 about this I, I'm up I wish this had come in earlier in the show and we could have really stuck the boot in. I hope this is true. Smiler has tweeted, "This could we might not get the lawyers onto this one. 
Daza promised for months to come and do a coaching session with a club I was with at the time. Even gave me his phone number. Boasted about how good his sessions were. Fair play to Mark for actually coaching the kids. Uh, because Dazzler used a different excuse every week. Once he said that taking one of his wives to he was taking one of his wives to ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to the ice hockey. The, 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 the clan. The clan. Hold on a minute. It was you a like any other sport. Hold on. See, that might have been believable. That is a total lie right away because coaching kids, that's a Saturday night I go to the ice hockey. <laughs> exactly. Right? So it's you, this is your own excuse that you're blowing right. apart here. Right. So I wouldn't say I can't make it Saturday night because there was no training session on the Saturday night because the, the, the Brayhead clan were playing. <laughs> so you're just saying that's just I, completely I untrue. I, I, I don't even I, know where that guy for is. Eight years, you have never mentioned ice hockey to me. I once, loved him, I, I, I used to go every single week. How many players play in an ice hockey team? Uh, six. Is it? Is that a good guess? It's full time at first half. <laughs> let's, speak to, <laughs> let's speak to David Friel. Full time, Gordon Mullerwell won Livingston now. Stevie Hamill's dream start as Mullerwell manager continues after Kevin Van Veen grabbed the winner from the penalty spot. Hamill has two wins from two official games in charge, three from four overall. It's easy work for him here. Van Veen's second half penalty was the difference against Livy, who ended the game with ten men. The players are round referee Nick Walsh right now. They are not happy. Dylan Bahambula was sent off 12 minutes after coming on. Two fouls, two bookings and off he went. That summed up Livy's day really. They haven't won here in 20 years and never really looked at taking the three points. First half was a total non-event but Motherwell definitely up to after the break. Joe Efford and Josh Morris came on in 54 minutes and both really made a difference. Efford and Stephen O'Donnell both the shots before Motherwell won the penalty in 68 minutes. A deep corner to the back post was met by Sean Goss and his header back across goal was apparently handled by Christian Montana although he did protest. Nick Boggs took a few seconds and then pointed to the and Van Veen smashed his penalty past Jamal George. He expected Levy to go for the equaliser after that, but Bahambula wrecked her chances with two daft bookings inside 12 minutes. He was already on a yellow when he went in high and Sean Goss and he was sent off. Levy's hopes went with him as he walked down the tunnel and it's Motherwell who are celebrating another big three points under Stevie Hamill. Full time, Motherwell won, Livingston nil. What result that is for Stephen Hamill's side? Do we have another full-time whistle? Yes, and it's Tanadice. How's the reaction there, Fraser Wishart? Well, the reaction of the Dunedin fans, sorry, as much as you would have expected, loud boos at the end of the game. You can probably hear the small band of St Murn fans who are absolutely delighted to my left-hand side. And so they should be. It was an excellent and thoroughly deserved win for Saints goals in either half by Curtis Main and then a late goal by sub Alec Greaves settling the game as United's tough tough period continues first half was really good to watch chance at both ends Ayunga headed inches wide from 6 yards in the first minute then Mark O'Hara denied by an excellent save by Eriksson at the other end Middleton with a dipping free kick from 25 yards was tipped over at full stretch by Carson the closest that United came and the opener came in the 41st minute Mark O'Hara skipper for the day burst through the United midfield his pass was intended for Curtis Main it took a touch from Levitt took it right into the path of Main who was clean through good touch and excellent finish by the striker Jack Ross reacted at half time Matthew Cudjo on for Jimmy McGrath an early spell of pressure things looking ok for United but it was Saints that got the second on 53 a similar type of goal O'Hara robbed Levitt deep inside his own half he drove forward into the space nobody came towards him slipped in Ayunga Ayunga tried to set himself up 
for a goal but they managed to touch it back to Curtis Mayer a really good high finish by the striker at the top corner nearly three three minutes later good move Bacchus a younger and then O'Hara with a low shot saved by Eriksson and from that corner Tate Heather deflected onto the roof of the net with a keeper scrambling and that brought out Booz the United supporters Jack Ross wrote on Niskanen and Clark five attackers on the pitch but they couldn't create any chances Carson no real saves to make till he dived low to his right to save, save from Niskanen still saying it's dangerous on the break Bacchus and O'Hara outstanding Stephen Fletcher at the other end flicked ahead of goalers but he didn't feel that they were going to score the goal had just taken the stuffing out of them but it was 3-0 on 98 minutes St Mern sitting back United trying to throw people forward the ball broke to Ryan straining the right back here for St Mern he played a really good long ball over the top Carl Johan Eriksson the United keeper came out of his box to clear 25 yards out but sub Alec Grieve was quicker than him to the ball and got his toe to it to poke the ball past the goalkeeper and into the net from distance a few boos in fact more than a few boos from United fans at full time they're playing ok but I have to say that there was a really good performance by St Mern two wins in a row feeling good down Paisley way United need to stop the rot somehow four defeats in a fortnight Celtic next fans booing loudly at the end full time Tanadice Dundee United nil St Mern 3 what an afternoon that is Dundee United fans we'd love to hear from you I know it's maybe uh, not often the case we hear from too many on a Saturday night but we'd really like to get your thoughts because it's going from bad to worse at the moment and St Mirren fans you'll be delighted so you can come on and rub salt in those wounds if you so wish still waiting I think in Dingwall we'll definitely still be waiting at McDermott because that was about 15 minutes behind uh, so let's it is full time Dave Galloway yeah, full-time Ross County won Kilmarnock nil after a pretty even but uh, uneventful start. County began to look the likelier team. The ball fell to Hewula in the box, but he shot straight at Walker. They had a penalty claim rejected when Sims went down in the box, and then Killy promptly went upfield where Shaw's effort was saved. Johnson passed up another decent opening for the Staggies with his header from Baldwin's cross, failing to trouble the keeper. In the opening moments of the second half, County's Hewula scampered through but Walker was very smartly off his line to block the danger Kilmarnock then went close when Power chested the ball down and volleyed just over from outside the area the visitors certainly stepped things up and they looked much more of a threat Shaw with a powerful header from Adebiusu's cross but Laidlaw did very well indeed to turn the ball behind for a corner kick play was now swinging from end to end Callaghan's header from uh, Owura's uh, cross for the hosts lacked power that was easily saved then in 81 minutes we had a red card Ross County were down to 10 men Callaghan getting a second yellow but it was they who took the lead about 5 minutes later Owura uh, pouncing in a crowded box to fire home following a free kick Armstrong came very close to getting an injury time equaliser for Killy with a powerful drive that Laidlaw clawed round his near post so an exciting afternoon all in all Ross County just edging it Ross County won Kilmarnock nil. There was a delay remember to the game at McDermott Park so it's still St Johnston nil. Aberdeen won we won't get the chance to hear from Roger Hanna uh, for the next few minutes or so so we'll bring you that very soon with that in mind that's pretty much it it's over to you this is the bit we've been waiting on all afternoon I'm sure you're the same because it's your chance to have your say and no game is better placed to start than that match at Easter Road I mean, four goals a penalty given to Rangers Rangers with two men sent off a last minute equaliser for Hibs drop points for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's side what an afternoon what did you make of it were the decisions right 
What did Willie Collum's part in the game look like? What about the performance? What about the result? It is all there. So let's hear from you right now, please. 01419511025. Big results for Motherwell and St Mirren in Ross County. Still waiting in Aberdeen. And the small matter of Celtic Hearts tomorrow as well. Let's go. Your chance to have your say right now. After the action, it's your reaction. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. What a day it's been. Hugh Keevens, Mark Wilson, and Gordon DL are here. It's so one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you'd like to join in, and you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Uh, whatever is on your mind, we're here for you, Celtic fans. You'll have to wait till tomorrow for the game, but I'm sure you'd like to preview it. The obvious place to start is going to be Easter Road. What an afternoon it was. So Rangers fans, Hibs fans. Step up I don't even need to ask any questions It'll just be a case of opening the phone And letting you go for it So pick up that phone and let us know I'll give you a flavour of what we saw across the country today At full time in the Premiership Hibs 2, Rangers 2 Dundee United 0, St Mirren 3 uh, Motherwell 1, Livingston 0 Ross County 1, Kilmarnock 0 And with a couple of minutes left St Johnston 0, Aberdeen 1 In the Championship are both 1, Queen's Park 2 Cove Rangers 1, Air United 2 Hamilton Ackies nil, Wraith Rovers 2 And Morton nil, Dundee nil. In League 1, Airdrie 2, Alloa nil, FC Edinburgh nil, Falkirk 3 Kelty nil, Dunfermline nil, Montrose 2, Clyde 1 Peterhead 1, Queen of the South 4 In League 2, Annan 1, still an Albion 2 Bonnie Rig Rose nil, Albion Rovers 2 East Fife 1, Forfar nil, Elgin 2, Stranraer 2 Stenhouse Muir 1, Dumbarton What a day Hugh Keevans Well Easter Road will dominate conversation And debate And argument Um, We have The word of The Rangers manager That he thought the booking for Lundstrom was harsh I assume Rangers will The red card for Lundstrom was harsh Uh, He was surprised he said by the decision I assume that Rangers will If they feel that way uh, make an appeal Lodge an appeal uh, Morelos He said Giovanni Van Bronckhorst He hadn't seen it back yet For me I think he was Avoiding comment On the subject Because there's no mm. doubt That Morelos was a red card well, we'll find out There might be a bit of doubt Between now and 6 o'clock That tends to be how we operate But let's bring in Scott Who's a Rangers fan First of all A lot to get through Scott Where do you want to start? Uh, that's a big one Where to start um, The referee um, I'll, I'll make my point on him first He absolutely cost us three points today There's no doubt about that How inconsistent is Willie Collum uh, Refereeing the years games He gave us a penalty which was soft But it was a penalty He never gave Hibs a penalty uh, Through Tavernier was a penalty The Hibs player tackled Lounstrom It was a, a, a yellow card uh, Lounstrom tackled the same tackle as a red card uh, uh, the, the referee cost us But apart from that When Lounstrom, Lounstrom, uh, Lounstrom got sent off I was still confident with ten men and then Morelis came on and my son says to me, Dad, I don't know how you don't like Morelis. And then when he gets sent off, I says, there's my reason why I don't like Morelis. I've never liked Morelis. And I can't wait to the guy's not Ibrox because he's another liability. Um, he can't trust the guy. He plays for himself. He's not a team player. I don't know what's going on about him and Ken's contract, but as soon as I get that sorted, the better. If I'm not signing contracts, get them out the door. Interesting, because to be fair to Scott, it's not all that one way of my team were yeah. hard done by another team. We're lucky because Scott feels Hibs could have got a penalty, um, which is you add that into the mix. Um, 
Again Hugh You pick where you start of, All a matter of Personal interpretation I don't think Hibs were entitled To a penalty no. At that particular incident what, what about it wasn't Was it the fact that um, Hanlon was in the back Of Tavernier yeah. or Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it Just three players All coming together uh, The one point I'd like to pick up on uh, Which Scott mentioned Was Morelos I, I, I said at the time That for me Is the reason why Rangers will never get Any offers for Morelos Because you can't trust them and he does play for himself And he he does the, the, the first thing he did After coming onto the park Was concede a foul with a daft flick of the leg He has attempted to hit the same Hibs player twice And he has struck him twice There was no dubiety about the red card But worse than that He has put extra pressure on the Rangers players Who remained on the park Because they've been given a much tougher workout than mm. they would have anticipated And he contributed towards that Just so that we're not being mm. hysterical Gordon A lot of the effort that Alfredo Morelos has put in In his Rangers career Would fly in the face of an accusation That he plays for himself yeah. right? he's, And you know, he's not been sent off in almost three years For Rangers, believe it or not That doesn't change anything for today You guys all think it was a nailed yeah. on red card Look, he's let himself down today He, he, he can't deny that But I, I don't think you just hang him out to dry because of today. Uh, I think the result's disappointing for Rangers. I agree with Scott. I Probably 11 v 10. I think Rangers would have had enough. I, I'm not impressed with Hibs this season so far. But when it goes down to nine, then it's a very, very difficult task. The, more, the, the, the thing that lets him down as well is the fact that you can see he's well below the sharpness and the fitness that's required to, to start games i.e. why he's on the bench because he's a terrific centre forward. Let's be honest about it. Over the years, he scored very important goals. He's led the line for Rangers. He's been excellent. He's a fan's favourite. So I'm not basing everything just on, but he's made a silly decision today. And as much as Scott says the referee costs him, if Morelis doesn't make that decision, even at 11 v 10, I think Rangers are still walking out with three points. I really do. Unfortunately, against nine, Hibs opened them up and you've got to say it was a clinical finish. Scott, what about the performance? Uh, the performance wasn't very good, um, especially, uh, and I don't want to single out Kent because I'm a big Kent fan, uh, fan but I think he, you can see in his body language, he, he can really, I, I don't know if it's a contract or what, or he believes he's he's going to get a, a move. Um, and I think that issue exactly right, which I've been saying about Morelos for years. Who is going to come in and buy Morelos? Nobody. He's going to let his contract run down the quicker the better so we can get him out of Ibrox. The thing is, before you even get to that, though, there's what happens now. I mean, there'll be a suspension. There uh-huh. will be a, a then a delay to whatever the match sharpness process looks like. So you know, before we even worry about what his next destination is, is he available to be at his best and help Rangers anytime soon? No, unless they win some appeal. He's the great enigma because what's unarguable is that he is Rangers' top goalscorer in European competition. So you would have to have him. About the place in Eindhoven On Wednesday night Because you never know He could go from uh, Zero to hero In the space of four days uh, It won't take one kick of the ball From Alfredo Morelos And Rangers would be in the Champions League draw Thursday morning But right now Gordon Dale is a former player Former manager And he's looking at someone And using his professional eye to say That guy's not fit Therefore, I would ask the simple question: Why is he not fit? Uh, 
Listen, we'll we'll get a good representation between now and six o'clock. You all think Alfredo Morelos should have been sent off. Scott, who's a Rangers fan and who's on to be very critical of Willie Collum, also thinks Alfredo Morelos should have been sent off. That's not to say there won't be others, and I encourage that. Always like to hear both sides. Um, is it is it an appeal you think they could win? Morelos? No, no way. Anybody looking at that screen? You know, without blue-tinted glasses on and who loves Morelos, it can clearly see it's a sending off. Morelos is an, an interesting part of his Rangers career just now because for so long, he has been the number one striker. When he gets sent off, he comes straight back in the team after the suspension. But the interesting thing was midweek when Van Bronckhurst needed to go at home, he looked round and he, he didn't put Morelos on. Then he sat on the bench today. Now you think, I'm going to get on, I'm going to show my manager here that I'm a real threat and I'm in his... I'm in his thinking for midweek but what was your day he was right the first involvement he has he flicks out his leg and we had a laugh and a joke about it and then the next thing you do is elbow so it's almost like petulance that, almost like he went on in a mood uh, with, with the wrong attitude and it, it showed now where's that put him now it puts him further behind and but, that's not where Rangers need him but my, my opinion Mark a fit and I'm using the word fit Morelis is still the best striker at Ibrox in my opinion right Cholak's come in in the last five games, hit four goals. Delighted for a lad. Um, but Morelis is different for me. But the problem is, and you can clearly see, and I'm sure every Rangers fan will agree with this, when you see him coming on the pitch, he looks mm. short. And I, I can't, and Hugh says, well, why is he not fit? It baffles me a little bit that you're playing with a top team, you're getting the best of treatment uh, every day, Everything's looked after and, and he's still mm. that bit behind yeah. in his fitness for me. Right, thank you, Scott. We're going to speak to Andy in a second. Let me just quickly get a full-time report from Roger Hanna at St. Johnson, Aberdeen. Yes, St. Johnson nil, Aberdeen won. It's a first away win in the Premiership for eight months for the Dons. A terrific three-kick winner by on-loan Liverpool midfielder Leighton Clarkson 11 minutes into the second half. And this was a deserved success for Jim Goodwin's side. They started brightly, they had the ball in the net after just 10 minutes. Johnny Hayes crossed from the right, headed home by Bojan Miofsky, only to be denied by the linesman's flag for offside. The Boston majority of the first half they didn't have to weather a bit of St. Johnson pressure before the break, never more so than when Kellerus and goal pushed out a fierce Graham Carey free kick after 39 minutes but into the second half it was really all Aberdeen Clarkson showed his flair from long range fizzing a shot past after 52 minutes and then just four minutes later he found his range with a fantastic right foot free kick into the top corner past Remy Matthews after Hayes had been brought down by Graham Carey St Johnson huffed and puffed to try to get back into the game it was one terrific save from Roos after Jamie Murphy's sizzling solo run but to be honest Aberdeen looked far more composed in the second half and they should have had a second goal Matthews made a save from Miofsky he also made a save from substitute Shaden Morris and the other substitute Duke should also have hit the target and scored near the end this is a really improved performance after we watched Aberdeen lose at home to Motherwell last week it's amazing the difference seven days can make for the Dons Gordon St Johnson nil Aberdeen one. big win for Jim Goodwin's side let's go back to the phones and bring in Andy who's a Rangers fan Andy how do you pick your way through that game earlier um, I, I thought it was a good game and I'm not going to blame the referee but what I will say is a terrible game. Bobby Collins was meant to be one of our top referees. That was embarrassing today. Hibbs could have had a penalty. The penalty Rangers did get, going by the letter of the law, the, the player should have been sent off, no, no given a yellow card. Um, the Lundstrom one was never 
I, I think Rangers should have to, have to need to appeal that one um, because that was never a, a red card and, a, and um, all day long. Even the Hibs manager said that. Um, Morelos, I, I disagree with Gordon. Morelos didn't let himself down the day. Morelos let his club and his team and his manager down the day and the fans as well. Morelos was just... I, I quite agree with um, Mark there saying that he came on with the wrong attitude. I think just by looking at him, he's free. I know he does kind of scowl all the time, but... He just didn't have... I think because he knows he's no... He still is the number one striker. I agree that way, but I think he knows he's got serious competition now with Kolak there. Um, and I think it's maybe put his nose out of joint a wee bit and he came on with a total rang attitude. And that's the thing. He slapped the player once. Get away with that. Second time, red card, had to go. Um, so Wally Collum got that one right. But I mean, for Wally Collum, I think... Honestly, I mean, Roy Collins is one of these referees. Don't doesn't have, never ever has an in between game. He either has a good game or he has a terrible game, and that's not just Rangers supporters say that. At home, I, I don't know any club in the Scottish top flight um, say any different. And he's had some shockers in Europe as well. Roy Collins, I think it's time for Roy Collins to hand his boots up. I really do. Um, and I don't think he should ever manage a Rangers game again. I really don't. Well, why, why specifically that last point then? Because you've done you've done quite well in the sense you've been you know pretty balanced out. You're saying you know fans of all teams would say the same, and you've said that Morelos it was right to send them off, and you think Hibbs you know maybe could have had a penalty. So why finish it with Willie Collum shouldn't referee another Rangers game again? Well, not just a Rangers game, right? I might be worded that wrong. He shouldn't be refereeing again. I think Willie Collum should seriously think about hanging his boots up altogether because. As I said, he doesn't have an in-between game. Um, he has either a, 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 a bad, decent game or he has a terrible game. Um, and and that, as I say, that just that's not just confined to Scotland. Yeah, Hugh, it's almost you do feel right. I can't really back this up in any way that Willie Collum's games always seem to have so many incidents in them uh-huh. that that's what Andy's on about. Because actually, Andy himself and the other Rangers fans who've come on have said, "Do you know what? Fair enough. He's got that Morelos one right." For for them, for the Rangers fans, they'll say, "Yeah, do you know what? He's got that penalty right." But there are so many. There, there are others as well. So once you've he's got those two big calls right in uh-huh. the eyes of the Rangers fans, but then you need to throw in Lundstrom into the mix. There are, there are so many incidents; he can't get them all right. I've always said the same thing of Willie Collum. Willie sees things that other people don't see. Uh, and Roger Hanna summed it up beautifully earlier on. He said, "There's a showman aspect to Willie Collum into the bargain." Um, Rangers. I would imagine will appeal the, the Lundstrom red card and then we'll see whether officialdom agrees with uh, not only Giovanni Van Bronckers but Lee Johnson who mm. didn't think it was a red card. Um, there's a, a traditional knee-jerk reaction involving Rangers and Celtic supporters when something like this happens. They always say, this referee should retire now. He should never handle another Rangers game uh, if it's not Willie Collum, it's Kevin Clancy. Uh, so he won't retire. He'll go on. No matter what Andy thinks, Willie Collum is a well-respected referee within officialdom, and once to, again. To clarify something, Hugh, it's not hanging your boots up, it's retiring your whistle. Well, that's it. But you do put it back in you his retire your whistle, box. yes. But you, <laughs> Willie Collum... There's a a feeling that Willie Collum cost Rangers three points. I disagree with that. Willie Collum gave Rangers the penalty. Uh, I think he was correct toward the penalty, but it got Rangers off the hook for a very insipid 
first 45 minutes. What happened thereafter? We can argue over Lundstrom. Morelos sold the jerseys by getting himself sent off, reducing Rangers to nine men, eight outfield players, who were then placed mm. under the cosh, and eventually the cosh fell and hit them. Uh, so... Willie Collum didn't cost Rangers the points. I would suggest that Rangers' poor performance and indiscipline cost Rangers the points. Nothing's fascinating about the penalty decisions. See, once once it's given, and you can mm. then look back on that with hindsight, you you you'll then you try and make a case for it. People will say, "Well, do you know what? He, he is trying to hold them. What's Bashiri doing? Aidan McGeady's a Hibs player. He's on TV saying, I don't know what Bashiri's doing there.' On the other hand, if it hadn't been given. We wouldn't have had loads of calls tonight, you know, saying that was a disgrace, it was a stonewall penalty. So we're probably just back to that really frustrating round and round where people go, where they talk about it being soft, but does it really matter if it's soft? No, uh, it's just down to the individual, it's a matter of opinion. The most important person's opinion was Willie Collum. Um, You'd be devastated if he hung up the whistle, sorry, retired the whistle. Retired the whistle, yes. I would, look. You need to take down all those Willie posters that are on your wall. It doesn't matter if it's Willie Collum. Look, when things like this happen, the referees come in for the blame of it. You can go through this. There's people out there will agree it's apparently. People out there saying, no, it wasn't apparently. Like, say, Hugh's the only one I've heard saying Lundstrom's wasn't um, just a yellow. I think. Everybody, but ah, he just has to stick with that now, though. He's brilliant, and, and he's ingrained at, in at it. the end of the day, that's who's opinion. I think he got the Morelis call right, I think he got the Hibs one, um, with Tavernier right because I think Hanlon is in top of Tavernier as well. So, as much as Willie Collins coming in for a lot of criticism here, you look at the big decisions. No, he yeah, got, 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 got the big, from, got got, the big decisions got wrong, from, right? Okay, you see, do you think see it was the a penalty, penalty kick? No, see the penalty kick. See what's interesting is the view that Willie Collum had and the camera angles show that there was two or three players in front of him right. as well to give that. Now, to give a penalty, you've got to be sure. If you're not sure, mm-hmm. you consult your assistant referee. Yeah, but I get what you mean, but why would we waste too much time worrying about what Willie Collum could or couldn't see? Let, because you, he's a referee. He no, needs to see things to give right, decisions. But, it's what, a, no, but I think it's quite more, an important point. Somebody's getting brave. No. The more, oh, per- no. the more <laughs> pertinent you, you, question, because I was about to finish. If right. you had stopped to pause for breath for even half a second, you'd allow me to finish. Didn't so like me picking them up? No, he says, he he says, the most important about the most the important question would be important. the most important question would be, you know, was it a penalty or not? You, you're saying that you don't think it can be a penalty because of the view that Willie Collum had. I feel like that's sort of missing the point a bit. Well, surely I award a penalty. The referee's mm-hmm. got to see it But what I'm saying is You don't know what Willie Collum could see I, yeah. I get what you're saying About the ruck of bodies And all yeah. the rest of it But it sounds a bit like You're saying that Even if it was a penalty You don't know how Willie Collum Could give it I'm from saying that, that. I'm, 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 I'm saying it wasn't a penalty Anyway spoke to Never mind what he's seen But, but he's got to know be he sure speak to the But he obviously they're, they're was up. In his own mind He was sure mm-hmm. And he gave the penalty straight away There was no dubiety in his mind Straight away, but out hands, yeah. it might not be the case. But we present things as fact. You don't know what he said to the assistant or not. They're mic'd up. You're right. So You're why, right. So why are we questioning whether he consulted mm. his official? The speed or of the penalty. The speed of the penalty. Does it take long to say the word penalty? Fifteen. In his ear. I mean, it might Probably have been not. that case. Okay. You've got an argument. Uh, Fifteen I, all yourself. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that it's pretty important though to see something clearly before giving a penalty. And I'm, I'd be amazed, amazed. 
at the view that I he think, had I with bodies in front of him. You, I think Hughes is a great point, right? You were, we're talking about the big talking points, apparently, kick the send and all. See, when you generalise the game, I thought Rangers were below it today. Yeah. I really did. Mm. I didn't think they were at the top of their game at all. And Giovanni, th- this is the difference between us and fans, because you can get a bit more heated about it. And even if Giovanni van Bronckhorst does feel aggrieved, really tonight what he'll be doing is, you'd imagine, Analyzing the, the looking game. at what they could have done better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think they were sharp enough. I don't think their front three got involved the way he wanted them to do. Um, I, I, I just think... Take the decisions away He'll analyse that game And I think he'll be a bit Disappointed mm. with the performance Right 01419511025 Get your calls in We're going to hear more from you Certainly And more manager reaction To today's football Coming right up The games are over The talking begins 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line a busy day A busy busy start to the day Easter Road And that's led to a busy open line Pick up that phone Let us know your take On all the main talking points We're not agreeing on much Weirdly I think everyone Including the Rangers fans That have phoned Have agreed that Alfredo Morelos Should have been sent off Makes me feel a bit uneasy We don't always uh, Agree So come on Come and upset things If you've got an opposing view Again most I stress that most people sort of think that John Lundstrom is hard done by. Again, you might have an alternative view. And that's before we get to the penalty Rangers got, the penalty Hibs didn't get, <laughs> uh, and the small matter of the actual, you know, the performance of the football teams and the way they went about their business. We eventually get to that stuff a bit later on in the week, I think. Uh, big results after that, though, for St Mirren. A 3-0 win at Dundee United. Jack Ross, feeling Hugh? Uh, well, the, the fans will be dictating how Jack Ross feels and they're not happy booed off the park uh, it, the season started with the feel good story of beating AZ Altmar at Tannadice and Dundee United were the talk of the country for 24 hours and since then it's gone horribly horribly wrong uh, they should have won their, their next league game but didn't uh, they've taken the terrible beating against AZ Altmar now have gone and lost four to Hearts and three to St Mirren when you said it out loud giving the results it had even more dramatic impact Dundee United nil St Mirren three with the greatest mm. respect to St Mirren how can that happen? Yeah, hopefully we'll hear from Jack Ross amongst others uh, let's hear from Craig who's a Rangers fan do you take it away Craig in whatever order you want take your way through these incidents Right so first of all I want to say because the Hibs won um that people are saying about possibly being a penalty, I think that was a penalty. That's my first point. Okay, nice, think, interesting I start. I don't think a player should be able to climb over the top of the back of someone with their arms wrapped around them. In my opinion, if you're limiting how a player can move to go towards goal, then that's a disadvantage to that player that they shouldn't have to deal with. Uh, so, for the for the first penalty, uh, for the penalty that was given, it was a penalty all day long, in my opinion. Uh, the player's got his arm wrapped down Kolak. Kolak, therefore, can't sprint as fast as he wants to go. He can't run towards the ball as fast as he wants to go. And the way the player's stopping him from doing that isn't through play. It isn't through blocking him off. It isn't through going for the ball. It's through wrapping his arms around his waist and pulling. Do I think Kolak had enough contact to go down? No. But if you don't go down in that situation, a referee will never give you the penalty or never give you a foul. If that happens in the middle of the pitch to someone... That's a foul all day long. The ref will blow for it straight away. But if you're in the penalty box, if you don't go down, the ref won't give it. It's as simple as that. So, Kolak went down easily, but he had to go down easily to get the penalty. 
because the referee would have never gave it for that by looking at it. But the player's pulling him back and limiting him from getting to the ball. So therefore, that's preventing him from scoring a goal. So in my opinion, that should have actually been a sending off because he's preventing a goal-scoring opportunity. How is it? And remember, it has to be a clear and obvious goal, an, an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. How can it be obvious if Cholak is not on the ball or near the ball? Because in that situation, the ball's going to be played through to him and the defender's nowhere near him. That's why he wraps his arms around him. But is the ball not going to David Marshall rather than to Cholak? He could still go in for the ball, though. That's preventing his opportunity from going in for the ball. An obvious goal-scoring opportunity, remember? Yeah, but I'm I'm comparing it to how the referee was for the rest of the game now. Ah, there's no point in that, because if he's made other mistakes... You can't then hope that he gets everything wrong just because he's made other mistakes. You know, you need to hope that he gets at least some of them right. No, I understand that, but in my opinion, he's still got a chance of getting to that ball. Mm, yeah, listen, it's an interesting one. Chance of getting to the ball mm. is not obvious <coughs> goal scoring opportunity, is it? No, I think I think the whether you agree or disagree with the penalty, okay, I think the the card is a correct decision. I take Craig's point about the Hibs penalty right, but in defence of Rangers and Tavernier. If you watch it, Hanlon's got Tavernier. He's above Tavernier and he's pulling Tavernier. So Tavernier's initial reaction is to fall mm. back and, and, and he talk. So I thought that was a very... Uh, I must say, I, I, I did not see this coming where Craig, a Rangers fan, comes on to say that Hibs should have had a penalty and yeah. Gordon Deal's arguing with him. It's not the way <laughs> the, the usual sort of team uh, persuasions usually go. But um, fair enough. Craig, we're getting there. We're working through them. Morelos... Mirello is 100% red card uh, You could see from the moment he came on the pitch He was taking swipes at people I've I seen the first one they had I think it was out wide When he had the flick on someone And I was sitting thinking That's stupidity Why is he doing that? It reminded me of the way he used to be The way he used to be When he used to get all his red cards all the time And discipline problems From that moment I knew That something was going to happen with Morelos Because if you're coming on for the first moment And the first thing you're thinking Is going in and a player like that And try to leave something on him then you know something's going to happen. That's clear that actually went away. He had another one as well. I think Rangers were breaking down the wing again. And uh, it was one of the Rangers players that ended up getting on the end of the ball to put across him. But you can see a Hibs player runs across. And Morelos has a flick at that player as well. So you could tell that there was two incidences before he actually had the main one. Um, that he'd done that. So in my opinion, it's a red card all day long. Yeah, um, that said, Gordon, it might surprise you. I think December 2019 mm-hmm. was his last sending off. Not but, to say he's turned into some sort of angel in that time, but it's easy to fall into that trap and say, oh, he does this all the time or whatever. Yeah, there was a time Rangers fans hoped that that had gone. Yeah, look, it, it showed today that there's still a little bit in him. Uh, whether you'll get that totally out of him or not, I don't know, Gordon. But I'm not going to sit here and just judge it on that 10 minutes or whatever it was he come on. I think the caller quite rightly pulled me up. He let himself down. He let his manager down. He let his teammates down. Let supporters down. Of course he did. But Morelis has been brilliant for Rangers. And let's not get away from that. He's been absolutely top drawer for him. The big concern for me just now is watching him. He's coming on to play a, a, a small part in games do now. And Rangers are very lucky that Cholak has hit the goals in the four in the last five uh, domestic games. But I just can't understand it. You know, he doesn't look sharp. He doesn't look fit. Let's all be honest about it. He does. He looks like, like he, he needs a bit of sharpness and a bit of fitness. Um, and he needs to really go up to speed because the way he is just now, he's not going to contribute mm. much to Rangers just now. 
Craig, what, what about the football side of it? The performance from Rangers was it? You know, do you blame the ref for all of that, or do you still have some frustrations about the bit that your team did? Oh, definitely. It's no. It's not just down to the referee. If we, if Rangers have this tendency, even no matter how they perform in a game, we have this tendency. Once we go a goal up, we start to settle. We start to pull back a wee bit. We start moving the ball a wee bit slower. As I've said for ages, I would much rather we had the same sort of tactics as the way Celtic play. Celtic go and score a goal, they smell blood and they go for more goals. That's the problem. Rangers have not done that for years. Even when we won the league, if you remember how where we were playing at that point, we were winning games by like 2-0. So we'd score one or two goals in the first half and the second half we'd cruise it. We'd start making changes. We'd start passing the ball. But I don't like that. I think in the Scottish League when you're Rangers or Celtic and you've got a budget that's so much bigger than everybody else and you've got, no offence to our teams, but you've got players that are of a higher quality because of that money, I think you should be going at them for the full 90 minutes. I don't even think you should be sitting with a centre defensive midfielder. I think you should have nearly every single player from midfield to forward right down the other team's throat. The, the difference in finances is massive. Rangers and Celtic should never be at the point where they're trying to knock the ball about preventing, preventing conceding a goal against one of these teams. They should be gone out and they should be absolutely destroying them with the difference in finances. Yeah, I wonder, just on that, Craig, because you make some interesting points about, you know, looking back, should Rangers have left a bit more of an out ball on the pitch, you know, when they started going down to 10 and then 9 men? I, I get, you know, there's a tendency to try and, you know, secure things, but by that point, remind me, there can't have been many. Like I say, what you would describe as out balls on the pitch. Yeah, get, get you up the pitch. Yeah. I, I said when they, they, they substituted Ken, yes, I, I think everybody said that, you know, the front three of Rangers today were, were very, well, Ken was probably the best. But when you get down to th- that situation, you need to go up the park. But I think Rangers just decided, look, we'll get midfield players in, we'll get the five across mm-hmm. the, 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 the back, we'll let Hibs go wide. And we'll defend. And to be fair, the goal that is equaliser, it's a quality goal, Gordon. They've not been undone. They've not been a ball through the middle. It's been a clean south. The lads hit it absolutely bang on. And it's given the goalkeeper no chance. So as much as it was a case of you ain't going to go up the park because he didn't have really any ball carriers, the only one you'd probably look at would be our field that could take you up a little bit. But I thought that Rangers... At, t- at 11 v 10 I still think I would have been confident Rangers would have walked out Easter Road with three points when you get down to nine you're vulnerable you're always maybe going to get up a chance and all credit to the lad Campbell it was a great strike alright thank you Craig it was nice to hear from you that was Craig on 01419511025 let's bring in a Hibs fan from Switzerland Ronan is on the line Ronan how did you see things from your team's point of view uh, it was alright but poor performance in total a couple refing decisions that I disagreed with. Well, one. One refing decision I disagreed with. What was the one then, the penalty that you got against you by any chance? No, the penalty that didn't get given. All right, OK. So you actually think the, the one that Rangers got was all right? Aye, that's how good his penalty is days. Rocky's hey, stupid. Well, there's a lot of good honesty out there tonight. <laughs> I like that. Not everybody's as biased as we accuse them of being. Uh, but you felt Hibs should have had one of their own then. Talk us through that. Yes, and my point, the only reason why I phoned in is because the Dazzler's arguing it. And his argument is Paul Hanlon was against Tavernier. But if you look at the replay, Tavernier's already pulling down Rocky before Hanlon even touches Tavernier. 
So how's that not a penalty? Come on, Dazzler. Yeah, when I seen it, I I thought that Tavernier was sandwiched between the the, the two Hibs players. Um, it goes back to I, I disagree with Ronan the fact that but Ronan's talking about the kind of timing of it. He felt yeah. Tavernier's on Bashiri first, yes. Then Hamlin rises on yes. Tavernier's shoulders. So, so uh, listen, when the ball goes in the box, there's always contact with defenders and and forwards or defenders on defenders. Of course, uh, it's the timing of it. It's when it happened. I just thought that if uh, put it this way, if Hamlin hadn't been involved in it, I'm agreeing with Ronan. I think it's a penalty kick. But I think Hanlon is playing a part with Tavernier and that's why they didn't get the penalty. Mm. Yeah, but Hanlon, Tavernier's already halfway through pulling Rocky down when Hanlon jumps on Tavernier. Right, okay, and what, what, what's your point in that? Now? So it's the penalty, so he's trying to say the so offence has the a happened before Paul Hanlon gets involved. Uh, well, I didn't see that. Well, I'll show well, that again, Ron. The Rangers penalty shouldn't be because... Rocky's pulling the Rangers for them when the ball's nowhere near it. So, yeah. oh, don't backtrack now, Ronan. You've said it should have been a penalty. You're undoing all your no, your hard work. Both of them are penalties. Um, Rocky was stupid. I think he said earlier. I, I, I do was agree the, with Ronan there. The I, th- I think what's happened where you agree penalty or not penalty. The one thing the manager Lee Johnston will be upset with is giving the referee mm. the decision to make. He should never have been in that position. But Lee Johnson didn't think that was a penalty though Let's remind ourselves of his take On Those incidents My, my take on the game was first half was really poor I envisaged a much better Performance, a much more aggressive Front foot performance You know, I, I came into the club With a prerequisite of being a pressing team And we didn't lay a glove on Rangers In the first half I made the change, which nobody likes to do But sometimes you've got to bite the bullet Uh, two changes very early which I think helped us at least have an organisational structure um, to be able to to go man for man to get tight there was even things wrong in that which needed us to get to half time to have a biblical team talk to then get us going a little bit the boys delivered in the second half and I think that was what created the incidents obviously the goal the equaliser um, good pressure, good counter attack. Obviously, Lundstrom sending off, which is probably a yellow, it's probably a tactical foul in my eyes. At the same time, I didn't think it was a penalty, and I thought Bashiri should have had a penalty. I think if there's VAR, the penalty is 50 50. I think Bashiri is probably 85 15, the one he got dragged down in the first half. There's a lot of incidents, but we created that by our pressure in the second half and what we tried to, to do and actually executed much better than we did in the first. I can see Hugh Keevans sharpening the pencil for the Sunday Mail column. Biblical team talk given as Hibbs' prodigal son sets them on their way. Is he like that, Martin Boyle? Not so much the sermon on the mount as the sermon on the mound. There we go, honestly. It's all there. I can see him. He's got his laptop at the ready. Um, yeah, I mean, Ronan, I suppose this... This is what happens Big games Involving big teams If there's big talking points I don't think we've even discussed the fact That a young Hibs player Volleys a 90 second minute equaliser Into the top corner Because it's all been lost in the drama Praise your team's resilience at getting a point Well It's very good Getting a point last minute But how many times is this going to happen Scoring last minute We need to be better than this He's harsh but fair, the man. I would agree with that. Three Um, times it's happened, and uh, you know, he's a fortunate man, Lee Johnson, you know, because he got out of jail at Perth against 10 men 
he's got out of jail against Rangers with nine men and he got out of jail against Hearts in the Edinburgh Derby uh, when to be fair I don't think Hibs deserved anything out of that game but good luck to them they've done it three times now uh, and it's given them more points than they might have had and you know we'll see where he goes from here Thank you Ronan nice to hear from you 01419511025 we're going to start hearing from more managers as well as your calls David Martindale doesn't think it should have been a penalty he feels hard done by that's usually worth listening to isn't it oh yeah we'll do that next after they play you have your say 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We could extend this one couldn't we? You got big plans tonight? You needing to go? Yeah, yeah I need to go yeah Big plans Big plans Big plans I'll ask no more um, There's a lot to get through I mean we could probably do a couple of hours on Easter Road alone That's before we get to whatever on earth is happening at Dundee United The Stevie Hamill Revolution Celtic Hearts tomorrow Yeah I mean 60,000 people at Celtic Park tomorrow You know the game's not on television Uh, It's a a classic, potentially classic encounter Uh, Celtic have the chance to go two Mm. points clear But this is a Hearts side Who are trying to get into the Europa League And I think they will manage it against Zurich So it will be an outstanding game. We'll speak to Jack, who's a Celtic fan, about that game in a second. Let's hear from David Martindale. Livingston went to Motherwell, lost by one goal to nil. Cannot wait to speak to Marvin Bartley about it on Monday. Um, but it was a penalty from Kevin Van Veen, which shouldn't have been given according to the Livy manager. I think everything we got success the previous three games was missing today. It was everything we just had to turn up and it was going to happen. Motherwell looked hungrier. They outfought us. They outran us. They outworked us today. So... You're sitting here, I don't think either keeper had much to do. I thought Motherwell shaded it over all the 90 minutes. But to lose it to a poor penalty decision is disappointing. I don't think it was a penalty. Disappointed because I watched the footage back, the players, all our players are adamant it wasn't. It spoke to Christian. It's exactly what I thought it happened. I don't think it was Nick that gave it. Because if it was Nick that gave it, he'd have gave it straight away, I would have imagined. But you can't see because he's got the same view as me. Because we're behind the ball. Christian's at the front post, comes up, he throws his arm away, the ball hits his abdomen, his top of his chest, the bottom of his chest, top of his stomach, and goes out. And there was a wee bit of a delay, and I thought they were debating if it was going to be a corner kick or a bye kick, if I'm honest. But watching it back, I don't think it's a pain. He's always extremely honest, Hugh. Yeah. You know, Mother will outfought us, they shaded it, and then he goes on to give his thoughts on the, the penalty. Well, he, he does it in the right order. First of all, he puts his own team's performance under the microscope and finds that. They were wanting, seriously wanting, because, as he said, they thought they just had to turn mm. up to win it. And then he gets the penalty. That's the, the, the proper order of events. Not having seen it, not possible to comment on the penalty. Let's hear from Stevie Hamill. It's the second win in a row for him as permanent manager to add to the one he got in caretaker charge. It's good. We're in a good place just now, considering where we were a few weeks ago. It's positive. We want to content- maintain that, but... It's going to require a lot of hard work, I said, about the amount of work these boys are doing during the week, what we're putting them through, and I think you're seeing that. Was today perfect? No, it wasn't, but um, when you see them at 95, 96 minutes, still trying to score, but then when the full-time whistle goes, they drop to the floor. You know, It shows you, one, how much they want it, and two, the physical capacity to actually do it for that length of time, so that was really pleasing. I would have put every single attacking sub on the, on the pitch until we seen more, more of a threat in the forward areas. We weren't doing that enough. We weren't posing. It was fine in front, but 
middle to third, we weren't causing them enough problems. Um, so yeah, Ross would have come on, um, Shoot McKinstry would have come on, anybody, Robbie Mann would have come on, but we scored at a good time. And I, th- I thought we'd seen the game out where I don't Liam Kelly had a save to make the whole game. Nine points after four games Mark's yep. not bad for a club in crisis yep. Can I argue with that? Uh, I mean three weeks ago we're standing here Slate and Motherwell were, were giving the players that The depth of squad You know it was looked poor But <laughs> who cares about that? If you've got a squad that win game after game Then who cares? You know he's made some additions I'm sure he, he will make one or two more But Motherwell in a good place just now Fans all inside as well There's no dissenting voices Yeah all good yeah, that's what he said. He's admitted that he's got a good feeling. He's got a good feeling around the dressing room, around the the ground just now. Since he went in the dugout, I think that's three out of four wins, one defeat. Um, but just listening to him, I think he realises football changes quickly, so they've got to keep concentrating, keep working hard, keep doing the right things. And uh, so far, it's all going rosy in the garden for him. Absolutely, let's bring in Jack who's a Celtic fan What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow Jack at home to Hearts? How are we doing guys? Good, thank you, good Good. Um, looking forward to it, uh, obviously after today uh, Hoping that we can take advantage of uh, the result And also the fact that Hearts have got a big European game midweek um, So they'll maybe be looking to rest a couple of players mm. from the start Or uh, maybe sub off some guys later on in the game uh, so hopefully we can go out and put in a good performance. I'm looking forward to uh, Hatate coming back in. Um, he's been a, a bit of a creative uh, mess in that midfield. Uh, and it'll be a good early test of the team's mentality. Uh, the new guys coming in as well with the pressure on us. The opportunity now to go a wee bit ahead of them in the league. Um, which for obviously if we're going to go on and win the league this year, we'll need to have that. So... It's promising. Hopefully we can uh, score a few goals and definitely get the win. That is the beauty of it, Hugh. It might be the 20th of August. Yeah. It's very early to be talking you know, about title races in that regard. But if you're opposite, if your rivals lose, you take advantage. And that's what every Celtic fan going along or switching on their TV tomorrow will be thinking. You're at home. You've got the vast majority of the 60,000 crowd behind you. You have the players. You've scored 10 goals in your first three league games. The onus is on Celtic tomorrow To capitalise on what happened to Rangers in Edinburgh today That's the way this game works There are only two teams who can win the league One of them dropped two points today The other one has Had to a good home sure. win against Livingston no, <laughs> just, just checking uh, So, you know, I, I do think it will be outstanding entertainment uh, At Celtic Park But it's the first test of Celtic The first test of, right, your rivals have slipped up. Can you take advantage of it? Jack makes some good points. Hatati, I don't think there'll be a Celtic fan not delighted to see him back in yeah. the mix tomorrow. Such a big player, and he's he's became that over a short space of time. Um, Celtic fans love him. Ange Postacoglu loves him for their drive and the energy he brings. It's nice to say Celtic have been lacking in that since he's been missing because they've got a... You know, so much strength in that position. But Hugh's right. There's only a handful of times when you look at a season. There's only a handful of times that this actually happens. Rangers or Celtic will play the day before and drop points, and then you get the chance to capitalise on it. So Celtic got to make the most of it. And Jack makes a good point. I wondered. I was thinking about it this morning. If Hearts will rest a few, they're big players. What are what is the biggest prize? You know, having the players at peak condition 
for Thursday night or playing a full strength squad and going trying to in a game that you might not win anyway. Yeah. I, I, um, I just wonder The only thing is Gordon Ange Postacoglu himself said That he said he's noticed The Hearts have bulked up Their squad because of Europe See if you look at the bench The other night mm-hmm. Players that could easily <clears throat> start tomorrow And you wouldn't bat an eyelid at Michael Smith was one of them Josh Janelli Andy Halliday Liam Boyce Gary Mackay-Steven uh, Alan Forrest These guys were all on the bench The other night So rest Yeah okay but they actually have a bit of depth compared to some yeah, other teams in the league. I, I wouldn't say right. It maybe freshen up a little bit. Um, I think Thursday's got to be difficult for Hearts. Let me tell you. I think tomorrow's got to be even worse. I don't care what team they play. I think, you know, if Halk gets out, I think that's a big mm. miss. He come he come off the other night, Gordon. Um, I think with the power, the pace, Celtic Park, sixty thousand there. I think Celtic will give Hearts a real hard afternoon tomorrow, I've got to say. But, um, you know, Robbie Nielsen will not be just going there and thinking, right, I'll tell you what, we're playing Celtic, not going to get anything, we'll change it all for Thursday night. You're, you're, you're a Hearts manager. It's a good call, Jack. I'd like to speak more about it, so please do give us a call back at some point. I want to squeeze one more in before we go. So Martin is a St Mirren fan from Paisley. You must be delighted, Martin. Yeah, absolutely buzzing. Um, but today, um, couldn't really fault any of the players um, to go up to Tannadice and win 3 nothing is is an understatement. It's got to be a decent performance going up there. But um, things seem to be turned around, blowing up after a shaky start, especially the League Cup. But also, just for Hugh, like, it seems a bit bitter. Um, there's been no credit towards us at all. So all being about how bad the United were and not... Mm. Anything to do with how St Man were better, scored three goals. That you know that can happen, Hugh. I'll defend you. I don't like doing it often, but deliberate bitterness. I don't know, but right, I don't we, we, are, we we do always look for the sort of disaster, the disaster element yeah. rather than the acknowledgement. Yeah. So to be fair, I don't know where the word bitter comes from. I mean, uh, I, I have nothing at all against St Mirren uh, at any level. Uh, you're right, the dramatic impact is, my goodness. It's like when Celtic Rangers Dund- drop points on a lesser yeah. scale. Dundee United have now conceded 14 goals in uh, three games. And, you know, the the European disaster has now been followed by bad results domestically and their second bottom of the league. Of course, it is to St Mirren's great credit. As I said to you, when you read out the result, it has even more dramatic impact. Dundee United nil, St Mirren 3. I mean, Martin could not have envisaged that result. So there's absolutely no attempt to take away from what St Mirren achieved. In the journalistic world, the story tends to be in this order. Oh dear, Dundee United, Jack Ross, what's gone wrong? Number two, St Mirren, what a good result. Uh, what pleased you most about it, Martin? And just, well, obviously the three goals, but the, the work rate throughout the team, I know it's, People look at the stats, you look at it, it's, you'd think Dundee United hammered us and we were lucky, but generally nobody put a foot wrong the whole game. Curtis Main looks a completely different player eh, under Stephen Robinson. And the midfield three, box to box. I just, no complaints about today. I would have taken a draw before the game, mm-hmm. um, but to walk away with points a performance like that it's definitely positive going out next week at Hope Hips yeah it can happen Gordon just Stephen Robinson knowing how to get the best out of Curtis Main that, that relationship yeah, yeah especially someone that can find the back in it I think a big positive also 
uh, Martin was saying there about the three goals you, One thing you pride yourself in Clean sheets Gordon You can build on that And that's a terrific result for St Man. Well done to him Wrap it all up for us Hugh First chink in the armour for Rangers They've dropped two points It is up to Celtic to take advantage of that When they play Hearts tomorrow The debate will rage over whether It was a penalty for Rangers first half Over the decision to red card John Lundstrom But Surely Alfredo Morelos will be mentioned in dispatches Because he put his team under even greater pressure Here's what to do Go away, have a think about all those incidents Tonight, tomorrow, Monday morning Save them up And then let us know what your conclusions are Monday night at 6 o'clock Roger Hanna and Marvin Bartley Celtic have that huge game against Hearts tomorrow They could be top by then So I'm looking forward to speaking to you already And right now, you might as well stay exactly where you are. George is up next with the GBX.